You're listening to the Influencer Podcast, episode number 46. Last week, we had the brilliant Jennifer Smith of Spin Literary on the show. She walked us through the publishing world and told us kind of what it took to build a successful publishing piece, from finding your voice to owning marketing to turning that influence into a best-selling book, and how she went from VP of a top publishing company to running her own business all the way from beautiful Australia. Goals, right? This week, you're in for a treat as we have the passionate and compassionate Raina Pomeroy from Raina & Co. on the podcast today. Raina is a coach, speaker, educator, author, and a fellow female podcaster. She is the co-host of the amazing podcast, The Creative Empire. She's going to be helping us on this beautiful Valentine's Day with all things goal setting, increasing profitability, and leveraging systems. This show is brought to you by our free tip sheet of the month, Attract Your Ideal Audience, a completely free tip sheet that will help you cut through the clutter, get crystal clear on who you're talking to, and help you start attracting and growing your audience today. You can grab your free tip sheet at juliesolomon.net forward slash newsletter. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, and that is Jen Miracle, and she says, So happy I started following Julie on Instagram when I started my blog in July of 2017. I have learned so much just from following her. When I learned she had a podcast, I knew I was going to learn even more. Thank you, Julie, for being so inspiring to us newbie bloggers and helping us find our niche in this industry. Well, thank you so much, Jen Ramos at Jen Miracle. I am glad that this podcast is helping you. I want to hear from more of you who listen in each week, so make sure to subscribe to the Influencer Podcast on iTunes, give us a review so I can highlight your review in an upcoming episode. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story at Jules Solomon, our guest today at Raina and Company, and hashtag the Influencer Podcast to let me know that you're joining in today as you know that I love to share those screenshots on my story too. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hello, influencers, and welcome to this week's episode. You are in for a treat today as we have the passionate and compassionate Raina Pomeroy from Raina & Co. Raina is a coach, speaker, educator, author, and a fellow female podcaster. She is one of the co-hosts of the podcast Creative Empire, which is one of my favorite podcasts on iTunes. I am a subscriber. I listen every week. I'm not just saying that because she's on my podcast today. It truly is an amazing one. You guys have to check it out if you haven't already. The Creative Empire connects creatives with industry leaders. Alongside with her team, Raina coaches entrepreneurs who are right-brained and heart-centered who want to grow their businesses in a way that provides for their lives that they want to live. Helping clients to stop spinning their wheels and take action on what's most important is what drives Raina every single day. Raina and Co focuses on goal setting, increasing profitability, leveraging systems for sustainability and strategic visibility. And she has a fabulous tips on living and working smarter. I'm sure we're going to hear all about them today. So grab your notepad for this one, everyone. You're going to want to take notes. And without further ado, hello, Miss Raina. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. Your intro was so incredibly sweet. Thank you for having me. Of course. And I feel like this has been a long time coming because 
We are Instagram friends. We are podcast friends. I know that we talk behind the scenes a lot. Um, and I'm sure that we have some things up our sleeves with, with what we want to do together as, as entrepreneurs and collaborators. So it's kind of like a long time coming for you to be on here. I've been really excited for this, um, for this conversation. Cause I, you just bring so much amazing, um, just impact and, and, and wealth of knowledge and, and what you do. So, uh, I know that you coach a lot of entrepreneurs in a way that really, you know, your, your purpose is to really profit and serve. Um, that's what you want to help people do. And I know that you focus on four things that I would love to dive deeper into today, goal setting and focus, increasing profitability, leveraging systems and teams for sustainability and strategic visibility in an industry. So let's break those down. If you are open to doing that with me, sure. Um, goal setting and focus. What is it? Why, why do we need it? And how can we achieve it? I feel like we could have like a separate podcast episode for each of these topics. So we'll just, we'll just go, you know, high level, but goal setting and focus. So my entrepreneur clients are very right brain, like you said, and they're very heart centered. So typically that means they're creatives. They have lots of visionary ideas. Um, they have the proverbial, like all the tabs open in their brains. And so what I help them do is really help them focus on what's most important. What they say they need most is accountability. But what I find is that they need help um, figuring out what's most important to them to figure out what they need to be focusing their energy on, focusing their um, attention on so that they can move the needle in their business. We don't want to just do all the things. I want people to be able to know purposefully what they need to be doing, intentionally know what they're doing so that they can spend time doing the other stuff that they want to do. Like, you know, this year, one of my biggest, I'm sorry, in 2017, one of my biggest goals was to like develop hobbies because I felt like I didn't have any, right? And like, what are the things that are important to us, not only in business, but also in our personal lives as well. So focus is really about like spending our time really wisely doing the things that are most important that are going to, you know, help us feel like we're actually achieving something rather than just kind of spinning our wheels all the time. And that's, it makes so much sense because I think that a lot of times, especially because we're at the new year, right? And so it's like quarter one, Q1, we kind of goal set and then we may not have the focus to kind of stay on track of those goals. So it's, yeah. I love that you kind of put those two things together because I think that they do go hand in hand and you can't really have one without the other in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's say that we, we tackle the goal setting and the focus. Now on to increasing profitability. Um, yeah. Help us navigate that um, in a general sense. Yeah. So general sense. So like I said, my people are right brained and heart centered. The heart center part can be detrimental sometimes. Um, I don't know if you have had this experience, Julie, or maybe your clients have, or your listeners have, but people who are service centered, right? Like heart centered have a, sometimes have a difficult time being able to articulate one that they, you know, have something that they want to share with the world and then actually be able to charge for it. Sometimes they feel really bad for asking for money. Like they feel like they're taking somebody else's well being away from them in order to sustain their businesses. My biggest thing about this personal mission of profit and service to be able to say you can have both profitability and service in your business, to be able to do something that you're really good at, that you're really passionate about, that you love doing, and also make money doing it. My background is as a social worker, and so I come from this very service-minded mindset, and actually I have had to do a lot of work for myself about my money mindset to be able to say that the work that I do 
do is valuable and it's going to, you know, help people in their businesses to be able to make more money, to be able to do the kinds of work that they love to be able to do and feel super fulfilled. So it's kind of a little bit of a balance dancing act, so to speak, of doing the profit dance and also looking at what is, um, what makes people tick and like the heart centered side as well. So profit and serve kind of teeters that line a little bit. And we really want people to be able to embrace both. I love that you touched on on that with the service because I, I, I do get that a lot, especially from the audience of feeling like they don't want to be too salesy. And I always love to remind them that it's you have to think yeah. of your service as a service and not really a sell. I mean, you, you are providing this you know, immense service to them, whether you are, you know, um, an Etsy shop owner or a fashion blogger or a coach, or, um, you know, you own a small boutique. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still are delivering a service to them every day. Um, okay. Leveraging systems and teams for sustainability. This is a big one that I can't wait to hear your thoughts on, because that's just something that, um, I feel like once you kind of, once you goal set and focus, once you kind of grow, when you start to scale, that is kind of the next step, right? So, and it is so important, um, especially if you are someone who is working online a lot, I mean, like leveraging Mm -hmm. the right systems and the right team for your growth and sustainability is huge. So I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this one. Yeah, so I think there's a couple different stages in business ownership, and I'll talk about the first few, I think, that that pertain to probably your audience. So if you're in a stage where you're typically considering yourself a solopreneur and you don't have anyone else um, helping in your business, and you're like, I don't even have money to be able to start investing, that's totally fine. You can still start this process of creating sustainability in your business. Basically, it's about documenting and streamlining something that you already do in your business. So think about anything that that you repeat more than probably like once or twice a year, right? Whether that's create a blog post or a social media post or, um, I don't know, pitching to a podcast or whatever that system is, whatever that thing that you need to do, every time you go to do it, if you don't have a system in place, a workflow in place, you're probably wrecking your brain to think, okay, this is step one. Okay. And then here's what I have to do. And here's what I have to do next. Instead, we're trying to conserve our brain cells, right? And conserve um, the time that we need to spend thinking through things over and over again and recreating the wheel, so to speak. We want to document those things so that they live in one place and they have a home. And it's basically a structure for you to be able to say, here's a checklist. I can just follow it. Every time I produce a blog post, This, these are the you know, 10 steps that I need to do. Here's the blog post post content that I need to create. And here's the tags that I will use. Here's how I, um, create the, I don't know, visuals for it. And here's what happens with our social media on this, this, and this platform. So that, you know, once you, you know, grow out of that solopreneur mindset and grow into more of a team, you can hand those things off without being like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like everything lives in my brain. I just, I can really go and dive into something else that's going to, you know, be able to utilize my time and brain a little bit more efficiently. So everything documented, even from the beginning, even if it feels like who cares, like this all lives in my head. I don't need to do this. I would really encourage people to spend like 20 minutes a week. Like it does not take that long in order to start doing these things. This is stuff that you can do in your inbox, right? Like if you use Google, I'm sorry, Gmail for your inbox, you can use, um, canned responses. This can be a really easy way. If, especially if you have to, um, type out a similar email every single week or every single time that a particular email comes in, 
it's just a canned response and you hit a button and then modify a little bit and then send it off. There's so many shortcuts that you can create in your business that will simplify so much of what you do and um, allow you to grow in a way that's not going to burn you out in the future. I love that you brought this up for a lot of reasons, because I think that that um, one of the things that that I have been noticing a lot um, in order to kind of scale and 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 really kind of handle bandwidth as you grow as an influencer, Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur is learning how to replace yourself. And what I mean by that is, you know, whether it's something as easy as I'm going to do a loom video on how to do this X, Y, Z, and I'm going to pass this off to my assistant or somebody else on my team so they can start doing this for me. So I don't have to keep doing this. Absolutely. I'm going to replace myself with this, or I'm going to start using this can response to replace myself out of having to manually type these emails every single time. I think that replacing yourself is something that is so vital to, to empowering yourself to that next level of growth, but is also something that a lot of times, especially for women, like we have a really hard time doing that because we want to be available. We want to get it done right. We want to, you know, we want to really be there. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of times we can, there's ways to be there without being there. And I think that, you know, leveraging those systems that you just talked about is amazing. Is there a way that you set up? up your canned response? Do you use some, is it just a copy and paste that you do or is there something else and and how you do it? So in Gmail, this is, I think it's still in beta, but I love it. So if you go into settings and you go into labs, there is an actual application. I don't know if it's an application, but it's like something that you use inside of Gmail that will help you create those canned responses. And it's, I think it's called canned responses. That's Um, amazing. It's amazing. And you literally in your, like, once you're typing up, you know, you hit compose and you start typing up an email, you, there's just like a little drop down button that says canned responses and you can choose from the, you know, however many you've already set up. And I, I've created it so that there's like certain parts that are yellow that I make sure to edit before I send it out. um, So I can create it to be more personal, but the con, like the bulk of the, the work, the brain work that I would have to do is already there and it still feels personal, still, still feels feels like, you know, a valuable email. And it's not just like me sending off something that was totally scripted. Oh, it's such a good, like manageable daily tip. I can't wait for the audience to take that and run with that. I know they're going to be so excited with that one. Um, thank you so much for that. That is great. Of course. No, but I think that your tip about Loom, I, I love Loom. Hi, Susanna. Like she, their team oh, is incredible. And it's a game changer. I, it literally you guys, has you, changed like the seriously. way that I communicate with my team. <laughs> if no, okay, if someone's listening right now and they don't know what Loom is, you can Google it. It's it's a it's a video video recording service that links with Google Chrome. You literally hit a button and it allows you to not only you have the choice to record your desktop or you can also record your desktop while recording yourself at the same time. Yep. And and then it caught it, it it saves within your own account so you can go back to those videos, watch them again, and it also does an automatic copy. So then you can share them to anyone in that moment. It's just such a great thing. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. 
You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business for sponsoring the show. Yeah, how do you use Loom? Oh, that's such a, so one of the things I love about Loom is the fact that you don't have to, you no longer have to upload it to YouTube or to Vimeo or to any of those services in order to send it to somebody, right? It's like immediate. It's instantaneous. As soon as you're done, it, it's a link. And so for us, we use it for training videos. I use it for, so whenever somebody applies to work with me, I will, you know, read their application and then I'll, I'll record like a five minute video responding to the application saying, Hey, thank you so much. This is going to, you know, I love X, Y, and Z about what you talked about. And I think we're going to be a really good fit to work together, or here's what I think would be the next step. That way I don't have one, I don't have to get on a call. Not that I don't want to, but you know, not every single person is going to be a good fit. So I feel like if you have taken the time to send me all of this content, I really want to respond to you in a personal way. And if you are a good fit, then you have FaceTime with me and you feel like I've created content for you or, you know, created a response for you. That wasn't just an email. So I've gotten a lot of feedback about that. And I think a lot of people can start to use that as well. Um, if, if they have like an application process in their business. I love that. Thank you for that tip as well. Um, so yes, didn't even know we were going to talk about Loom today, but that is a I know. must have for, for <laughs> anyone who has to do a lot of things in one day. Um, okay. So the final, which is strategic visibility in an industry. Um, tell me what that is about. Sure. So I call this the verticals method. Um, and if you want, if you're like a visual person like me, I would just recommend you go to Rain and Co com slash verticals because we have the actual verticals structure for you and you can download it and engage with it. Um, but but it, it was basically me creating a system for myself because I create a lot of content, whether it's podcasts or blog posts every single week. And I wanted to be able to categorize, okay, what's this um, content bucket? What are the things that we're talking about most? What are the things that we want to create products for? And I just felt like so jumbled with all the things that we were doing. And so verticals is a way for us to organize. Here are our three to four content buckets. These are the things that we are going to be known as experts for. Um, these are the things that we create blog posts for. Here's where we're going to speak. Um, we have opt-ins for them. And it was, it's really a way for us to categorize all the things. And so it, it outlines, um, all the free content, all the opt-in content paid, whether it's small, medium, or large. And then my favorite part is the philosophies. So there's probably plenty of people who talk about networking. Um, and I call my networking method is called social glue. No one calls it social glue. It's my particular method. And um, my philosophy is already documented on that, right? And so whenever I pitch for something, whenever I say, hey, I, Julie, I'd love to be on your podcast or, hey, um, Huffington Post, I'd love to write a, an article about this or whatever, I know what my talking points are and I have them outlined 
here's a tip for people who are like, I don't really know what my opinion is yet. What is the thing that people are saying about this topic out in the world that really ticks you off? That kind of like gets your engine revving and saying, you know, I don't actually agree with that. Having that kind of philosophy, it really differentiates you and allows you to be consistent in the messaging that you have, um, whatever platform you end up pursuing. So, when you're, you know, when you're on a podcast like this, um, you can talk about the topics that you love to talk about and then lead them to back to some piece of content that's free that will let them engage not only with you as a person, but also with something that you've already created. And then hopefully they'll join your community because of it. And, um, as I've grown, um, with speaking and stuff like this, I know Julie, you travel to speak, um, it's become more and more apparent that I need to have these like core, um, what's the word for it? Like keynote presentations. And now for my verticals, I have one keynote or two keynote presentations for each one so that I can cycle through them, change them out. Um, and you know, make sure that they're appropriate for each of the presentations that I'm giving, but it allows me to not be, not have to like create new things, brand new things. Um, every single time something comes up. So it's, it's super visually organized. And also here's the best part. There's so much talk about, um, funnels, right? Like, Oh, you have to build a funnel and you have to do this for me. It is a funnel and it's the way that I organize my funnel, but it's so simplified that it's easy for creatives to be able to say, Oh, here's step one of my client engagement process. Here's step two of my client engagement process all the way to the end. And it makes it so much easier and so much more, I think, less intimidating for us to be able to really have a relationship with the the potential customers and then customers that come through. And it was such a good, you know, point that you made about really just kind of repurposing the content again, to really take yourself out of that cycle of feeling like you're having to be in constant creation mode. You know, I feel like that there's so much content that we've already created that is so valuable that the world needs to see. And even if we put it out one time or it's at one speaking event, it doesn't mean that this whole other group of people in the world has, have seen it yet. And so just having kind of that, that skeleton if you will, to then be able to, you know, maybe I go in and tweak some things here and there, move some things around, but the core of what I'm doing has already been created. So I don't have to constantly be in the state of creating something new. And instead I can just work on the growth aspect and really kind of repurposing that. So I love that you talked about that and, and really like your idea of the social glue method, which is so cool and how it allows you to kind of create those meaningful introductions and allow influencers to have you know, new access to audiences that maybe they previously hadn't tapped into before. I mean, that's, would you say that that's kind of that idea there? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, business is really about relationships, right? And so often we have thought about businesses being like this very icky salesy thing. And for me, once I started using the social glue method, I realized that it was about connecting people with opportunities with other people and other connections that would be meaningful for them to be able to expand their businesses and their influence. And we we rise as leaders by you know, positioning other people higher as well. And so I think as, as an influencer, that's something that we have to think about, you know, not just how do I leverage myself into a higher position, but how we kind of do it uh, across the board and help others, you know, meet other people, open other doors for others and 
in turn, I think people are probably thinking, okay, well, how does that actually help me? I think that when you become that kind of person, you will get opportunities in kind. So whether that's a client in the future or somebody buys your product or, you know, they will refer somebody else to become part of your community. And it allows for the expansion of your community and expansion of like the influence and the space that you can take up. Oh, I love that. It's just an amazing, just how you word that and how you explain it is is so simplified. It allows us to really kind of take it in. So I appreciate that so much. Um, and I'm sure you're going to be able to do it next with what I'm about to ask you, which is challenges. Um, I kind of asked you off air, some of the challenges that you may see influencers face, especially now that we're into 2018. And um, you, one of the things that you said is um, really, you know, influencers kind of remembering that they have the power and the opportunity to shape the narrative in their industry and really being mindful of how to handle situations, knowing that they are in this position of power in this position of leadership. And, you know, that privilege and that honor that we're given should not be taken lightly. And that's something that I've, I've kind of heard from other people as well. Um, just kind of, as we're getting into 2018 of really being mindful, um, and honor the position that we have. So I'd love for you to touch on that a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for asking about that. I think it's a couple different things and I'll probably ask you to ask the question again because I'm probably going to go on a rant, but no, no um, <laughs> what I think it's, it's a weird thing to be an influencer, right? And you've, you've had these conversations before, but we kind of have to own that once you are in a uh, position of leadership to not shy away from it and also take up space uh, while being humble and, you know, have humility and all of that stuff. And I, th- I, th- I think that like when we become uh, a leader in, or an influencer, we have to, you know, have an opinion about things. And sometimes it's about just the, like we were saying with the verticals, like you have to have an opinion about, you know, whatever the topic is that you're trying to teach about. You could also have an opinion about, I don't know, things that are happening in real time, like the political landscape or, you know, just things that are happening outside of necessarily the the business sphere. Um, and I think what, what makes a good leader and one that people want to follow is to have an opinion. And I think it's a, it's, uh, difficult as an influencer to, I think it's a responsibility and it also creates a challenge where we have to step back um, and clear the noise and to be introspective and to say, okay, what do I believe? What do I want people to know about me? Or what do I want my, you know, my community to look like? And who are the kinds of people who believe what I believe and what's important to me? Um, So I guess just like across the board, we need to remember like whether it's business related or not, um, what do we want people to know about and to be educated and to be able to support the the decisions and the, the beliefs that we have about certain things. And that kind of goes into the next, um, idea that I wanted to share with you, um, and kind of dive deeper into, because it's something that I've really seen as well. Um, when we were talking about challenges as well, you were discussing with me the lack of diversity in our creative community, um, as a whole. And I would completely agree with you. You had said to me that being a minority woman is important for you to create a space and opportunity for women of all backgrounds to have airtime. 
even though I am not a minority woman, I still feel the same way. But one challenge that I have had is really finding the diversity. Um, that's been one of my goals is to really bring people from all different backgrounds, from all different walks of life, from all different um, socioeconomic backgrounds to really come and share their story and share what their perspective of this industry is. And um, I've also seen that lack of diversity. So I would love to know from your perspective and from what you've seen, how that has kind of shifted your thought process. Um, you had said to me that um, it kind of upset the status quo. So I would love if you are open and willing to share more of that, how that experience was. Yeah. So I think it was December of 2015. We wrote a pretty difficult email to our community, um, call, not necessarily calling out, but sort of in a light way, calling out the fact that we have a problem. <laughs> like creative community, we have a little bit of a problem. Um, and that was all about the fact that we are lacking diversity and not only diversity of black and white, but all varieties, right? And I'm, I'm an Asian woman. And I would say that I've, you know, socioeconomic wise, I have been really privileged and I have a lot of privilege and I accept that and I, I see it and I want to give space and permission if, if permission needs to be granted, but really like space and opportunity for other leaders to rise. And so I, I just see in the creative space, especially there's so many white women who are given opportunities and there are not a lot of women of color people who have disabilities, people who are LGBT, whatever your background is and experiences, there's not a lot if you are not white and a female in the creative space. And I wanted to give more credence to that to be able to create more uh, like conversations and honesty about it. And I was struggling to figure out how to phrase this because I was about to, you know, anger a community that um, I had never talked about these things to. And we made a decision to do it. I um, went to a couple of my advisors. Um, I went to my entire team. I went to our community and our um, cheer leaders to to say, hey, I am about to write this and publish this letter. What do you guys think about this? Do you believe in this? This is an opportunity for you to leave if you do not. Um, but me basically saying, I am taking a stand on this. This is really incredibly important for us to create platforms where, you know, my the Reina and Co. The and Co. is really about not just Reina, but the community that we create and the opportunities that we're we're leveraging for other people. And so if I'm not living into that and co mentality, then I need to drop it. And so I, I really went to the board and said, look, I'm, I'm creating this letter and I'm scared about it. And what do you, what do you think? And we got so much feedback. Um, so much, um, the, I guess the, uh, just, I'm just like struggling for the words because it was such an emotional process for me to write this and for people to back me up and also challenge me when I was wrong. Um, because I do not claim to know everything. The, the letter was not written from a perspective of I am the person who is minority and I have the authority to write this letter. No, that was not my perspective. I was really hoping to just start a conversation to start that fire so that we could, you know, do something different in the new year. Um, and I'm just hoping that this will be something that we continue to do in our businesses. Um, Julie, like you already said, you want to have diversity in, you know, in your lineup or, you know, your audience. And I think just being able to say, Hey, look, guys, I am looking for people 
who have these different types of experiences. And I want you to raise your hand if you are available for that. Um, or even, even as a consumer, if you're not ready to be an influencer yet, or, you know, you don't have something to say just yet, you can still raise your voice and say, Hey, Julie, I want to see more of that. So as influencers, we are pushed and are held accountable to the voices that we're hearing from our community. Absolutely. And I think that you just said that in such a beautiful way of saying, you know, this is, I'm just coming from what I see and from my experience. It doesn't mean that it's the truth for everyone, but this, this is what I see. And I, I would agree with you. That is kind of what I see. Um, I was actually talking to one of my uh, students and, and friends of mine, um, who's become a friend of mine, who's a blogger, and um, out of Alabama, and she is an African-American blogger. And we were literally having a conversation about how um, there's not many African-American fashion bloggers out there. Of course, that has changed probably since we initially had this conversation. Um, but on the grand scale of, of how many other, you know, bloggers there are that aren't African-American. And so we were talking a lot about that and how, um, you know, how that, how that, may affect her or not affect her or, or how does that make her kind of perceive this, this industry as a whole and kind of what she wants to do. And so it really made me start thinking like, that is interesting because a lot of the people that have been on my podcast, they haven't, you know, whether it's been from ethnic backgrounds or different countries, even, you know, just really kind of opening that door. So every listener that listens to our podcast or that goes to our sites or that really comes to us um, for some kind of um, service or some kind of education or inspiration can really see themselves reflected in the work that we do. And that's what I think is the most important thing. So I applaud you for standing up for what you know to be true to you and what you believe and really, um, kind of, you know, being a voice to, to, um, to spread that, you know, that mission to create more diversity in this podcast space and, and Thank really, you. you know, encouraging other females to get out there and be podcast. Cause it's not even as totally. much, you know, a minority <laughs> thing as sometimes it can be a gender thing. Um, there's a lot of times mm-hmm. that I'll look at the podcast list on iTunes, just looking for new podcasts to soak up and, and, and start to dive into. And it's just rare that I find it's like with every one podcast that comes out that launches that, you know, that a woman is, is driving the ship, there's 10 that men are doing. And so it really does start with, with the person, you know, of, of wanting, of wanting to do it, of wanting to stand up, of wanting to share the good news and have something to say. So thank you so much for being such a beautiful reflection of that. Thank you. Something I wanted to just add to that also is that, you know, it's our responsibility to take up space, whether it's being a minority or a woman or whatever your, you know, your status is. It's it's not on us to necessarily push back and be angry at, you know, the men or the white women or whatever, whatever group feels like the dominant group. That is not what I was trying to say with all of this. It's about having compassion for both sides and saying, here, I'm here to listen. I'm here to, to have a conversation with you. I understand that I don't really get everything that you're experiencing, but I'm here to have the conversation. And so that's what I was really hoping for. And I've seen a lot of it in the past year. And I've been super encouraged by the fact that I see whenever I see people who are doing summits, who are doing, you know, putting on conferences, that they're being intentional from the beginning, not about like getting the token, you know, Asian girl to come, but from the beginning of the process, okay, who can we bring in that will, you know, bring a different voice to, you know, whatever topic we're trying to talk 
about and really thinking through, okay, this person kind of represents, you know, the community that we want to, you know, represent. So being intentional from the beginning will allow us to to incorporate more voices, more backgrounds than choosing the token minority people, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I, and just really honoring, like you said, I mean, honoring the fellow that are the amazing men that we have in our lives, you know, whether it's your husband or your dad or your son, um, and honoring what we can learn from them and, and really just that, that balance of feminine and masculine. I mean, you really, we have to have both in order to have a balance. Um, and, and I think that we have to have, you know, like my mom always said, when I grew up, it takes all kinds to make this world go round, you know? And so just really having all kinds of different people in your space is only going to make you become a better version of yourself, I believe. Totally. I love that. Um, okay. So wanting to talk a little bit about, um, social media platforms, I asked you what your most effective social media platform was that you thought, and you said the email platform. So I would love (laughs) if you could dive into this, um, and explain what you mean by the email platform and why you think that. Yeah, it's totally like a cop-out answer because it's not social media. But um, one thing that I think we put a lot of emphasis on is, you know, how to make my more Instagram more, you know, visually presentable or pretty or, you know, how to do Instagram stories. I love Instagram, so I'm not ragging on it. However, I think it's a platform that we can't control, right? There are things that change all the time. You know, Julie, I love your tips about Instagram. I totally use them. So it's not me like ragging on that at all. But I think that the only place platform we can truly sort of have a handle on 100% of the time is our email platform. So getting people from your social medias to sign up for a newsletter or, you know, having that kind of content that's coming out to your list that way. And I think that by cultivating that group of people and growing that group of people through your social media, you'll actually get more sales. You'll get more, you know, people who are buying from you, people who are more engaged. And those people are really at the, I don't know, the heart of my business. Um, I won't say that it's for every single person, but I truly believe that the closer they get to, you know, your newsletter and like the getting open, your emails opened constantly. I think that's what really creates the, the relationship in, in your business. Um, obviously you can have that, um, relationship sort of in, um, Instagram form or Facebook or wherever, but I think that email is the one platform that really we can control as a business owner. I completely agree. At the end of the day, I think it's it's like the only thing that we own, right? Like the Instagram could blow up tomorrow. Absolutely. It's not going to, but it could. And mm-hmm. you know, even like your website, I mean, your server could could shut down, you know, but you're still going to have those subscribers. So it's so important. Um, and I think that it's it's a reminder as we're going into 2018, just how important the email is, because we're just going to continue to get more and more saturated on the social media platforms. Yeah. The algorithms will always change and there'll be, you know, cool tips and do this. But, um, I think with email, as long as you have a system for it, as long as you, you know, commit to, to communicating with your people, just as much as you communicate with your social media people, I think it allows you to build that relationship there as well. 
And now I want to go into trends for a moment. Um, I loved what you said again, and I know that we've we've kind of already touched on this um, with with our our conversation that we just had. But I asked you about trends that you kind of see coming for 2018 that's really going to shape the influencer marketing space for the better. And you said that there's going to be a shift toward intimacy. That people want to know, they want to be in the know, they want to feel like they're you know insiders and really kind of know who you are. And of course. This is not a, a new concept, but really creating opportunities to share things in a way that feels, you know, inclusive and exclusive uh, in terms of, of your intimacy with knowing someone will really be something that you think that we'll see more of. So, you know, open to everyone, but really kind of a, an intimate, exclusive feeling. I would love for you to share more on on that and how, if you have examples of, of how you think this is going to come about or examples of how you've already kind of seen this come about and how that's really benefited the influencer marketing space. Yeah. So this is such a fun question because I think I, I think about this all the time. Like, where is the trend going and what what's going to be happening next? And what do I like about what the, the space is doing? And um, not just in our community with creatives and bloggers and coaches and anything like that, but like beyond that, what are other markets doing as well? And so I, I notice a cha- uh, trend towards um, like customization, right? Like people want that intimate like experience, like something is created for me. One of the examples that I have come up with, um, do you know the service Curology? I think that's what it's called. It's like a skincare product and it, it's all about like clearing your acne or whatever. And they create a formula for you. And I think there's like this, this idea that, um, you can't do this in the online space. And I think that that's not necessarily the case. I think it's on us as content creators, as um, influencers to be able to create stuff for people who want uh, custom or tailored bespoke content, Um, not necessarily to the extent that Curology does, but really to listen to the people who are in our space and answering those questions, to be able to really um, fine tune and showcase the people that are in our community. So one of the ways that um, we do this in our community is uh, sunshine spotlights. We really want to highlight people who are in our communities, um, get them engaged, get them really excited, and to shout them out. Um, You know, whatever platform you have, you have an opportunity to call people out and say, you are doing amazing work. Um, And we also, for our VIP and our clients, we like to give better deals to those people who are already part of our community um, than to anybody else, or we give them first dibs on things. And so my um, mentor, Amber McHugh, calls this, um, I don't know if you've connected with her, she would be somebody you want to have, but Amber talks about scalable intimacy. Mm -hmm. So as you grow your business, how can you scale and have it still feel intimate? And I think um, that's been something that I have been thinking a lot about. How do I create stuff for the people who need it and also make it feel like it's cozy, like like it's very personal and high touch, even though it's not necessarily me touching them, like you were talking about earlier, right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be you, but it can be, you know, some, some particular piece of content that you create or, you know, calling them out on something that they've done or... I'm like blanking on other examples, but I think that there are so many ways that we can um, engage the people that are already there. 
I love that because it it really does go back to that idea of really cultivating a relationship, right? It's like, you know, we we go on social media to be social, to engage, to learn, to connect, really at the end of the day. And so I love that you're you're kind of seeing that trend and how it is going to shape the way that we really connect with one another at the end of the day and and touching on that. Um I wanted to talk uh, quickly about podcasts for a minute. Um, I know that a podcast platform is a tool that you use to grow your awareness, grow your services, and really share your good news um, along with collaborations and things like that. Um, But with podcasts specifically, how has podcast shaped your business? How has it shaped your brand? How has it shaped your message? Oh my gosh, Julie, this is such a fun question. I love podcasting so much. And I, I, when Christina approached me about it, I was so against it. I, I was terrified. I'm an extrovert, but I was really concerned about what I would say and being polished and feeling like I was constantly going to be stumbling over my words. Podcasting has been the biggest gift for me. It allows me to test out new ideas, to be able to articulate myself a little bit better, to, you know, test things that people are saying and um, ask questions of our influencers. And one of the biggest gifts that it has given me is that the influencers are a new you know, network of people that I didn't know before. And some of them become, have become fast friends. Some of them have given me collaboration opportunities. Um, I've gotten to speak at conferences because of it. It's really uh, has been a really incredible tool for me to expand um, my expertise, um, to own the space that we take up, I guess. And I guess to be seen more as a leader and I did not expect any of it. And I think that, you know, it was something that we didn't know where it was going to go. And it's, it's been such a, a joyful journey. I would agree with you because I think that it is the, to me, it's kind of like the last frontier of like media. I mean, especially of long form media, it's really the last, um, you know, radio and television and all of that has long form media, but it's really kind of the last one that especially our generation is really starting to soak up and dive into. And it's just been such a unique way to engage and to connect and to communicate. And I'm really hoping that we see more um, amazing content on this podcast platform coming up in the year, um, especially from women. Um, and then also from just anyone out there that's listening that wants to flirt with that idea or explore with that idea. Um, you know, definitely check out Raina's podcast and kind of listen to how they do it. And it may give you some inspiration as you consider that idea. So thanks for sharing your feedback, um, on podcasts. I, I always love to, to hear what people's personal journey is with that. And, um, yeah, I wanted to love ask, it. <laughs> yes, of course. I wanted to, um, ask you about like an insider tip, if you will, that you think is really vital to, um, the long-term growth of an entrepreneur and of an influencer. And what you said to me was investing in relationships and knowing the difference between your one-on-one, um, which you said you could explain more of. So I definitely want you to do that. And then people who are further out on the board. So daily friends, weekly friends, monthly friends, I would love for you to dive yep. into that a little bit more and, and share with us what what that means and then how we can apply it. 
Yeah, of course. It, it's funny. I was like, what is she going to say? What did I write on that? Um, and I, it's still the same. So I'm glad that that's what I wrote. So investing in relationship is probably going to be the biggest thing that I can tell for anybody, whether that you're starting out or you're a massive influencer, right? We cannot do this journey alone. And what I do is I have a one by one piece of card um, that is always on my desk. It's a teeny tiny piece of paper that has the names of the people who are um, at the center of the target. So the people who are closest to me, whenever I have something to celebrate and something to, you know, cry about, those are the people that I go to. They're my um, best confidants. They're on basically speed dial for my personal life and my business. And those are the people who won't judge me when I make a flub or, you know, I need to make a really tough decision. Um, and so I call them the one by ones. They're like literally on a little one by one piece of card stock. <laughs> and then um, if you imagine those one by ones kind of in the center of the target and then out of that circle, it's like your daily friends, your weekly friends, your monthly friends, people who you might check in on a less regular basis, but people who've got your back, people who might become cheerleaders for you when you're launching or people who you want to pour into um, because they're having a tough day. You know, those are the people who, I, not that I have like the target all written out, but I, I have a very small ritual. Um, every single morning I spend five minutes texting or messaging or emailing, con just connecting with somebody um, who I think of. They're typically on my target. Sometimes they're kind of random people that I've thought of or somebody in my Facebook community. But I really spend about five minutes encouraging five people every morning um, just to check in with them or say, hey, I, I was just thinking about you and I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, that way I stay on their radar. I I am able to encourage them and give them some support if they need it. Um, and it allows me to kind of get my um I don't know, abundance juices flowing, so to speak. And because whenever you put more energy into it, more of that flows back to you. So that's just a small thing that I do for myself. And it has been very fruitful just to be able to, it fills me up. And I think it fills the people that um, I connect with as well. Mm, that's so just a beautiful way of looking at it and just a great reminder to remember, you know, um, our our, our breadth of energy that we exude out to certain people and to ourselves every day in the world and, and how we manage that, you know, it's, you know, these people on this card is who is, is who matters and is, whose opinions matter and whose thoughts and feelings matter and who I know is they're going to honor my shame story. They're not going to judge me. They're going to listen to me. And then the people outside of that, you know, are kind of the dailies and the weeklies and the monthlies that you've got. So it really does allow you to give yourself a little bit of grace and, and really kind of know when to hold someone, um, close to the chest and, and then maybe, you know, thoughts and feelings that may, um, it could be judgmental. It could be negative. You, you may not have to attach to those so much because they're not on that card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it gives us permission to feel like we can be vulnerable with those people because mm -hmm. they've, they've really earned the right to be in that space, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. It's an um, honor to be on the one by one card. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So having those one by ones, you know, you really want to cultivate those relationships is not about draining the relationship. You have to feed it too. Um, so it's really just like you want to love on them and care for them. And, you know, in return, they will give you the same. Hmm. Well, before we wrap this up, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions, just being the entrepreneur that you are. Um, and I know that we already talked about Loom, but what are some other apps or programs that you use that help you get through your workday? 
Oh my gosh. Okay. What do I use? I use um, Voxer quite a bit with my clients. And what is uh, that? Voxer is a walkie-talkie app. Mm-hmm. So I have um, a couple one-on-one clients as well as a, a whole slew of other people who we use this with. But basically I can do in between our coaching sessions just to do a check-in and say, hey, how's it going? What's going on? Um, sometimes they'll message me, say, hey, Rena, I'm in this sticky situation. What do you recommend? We don't even need to get on a call. Um, they'll just record a 15-second message or you know, however long. And from their intonation, you can really tell how somebody's feeling. So it's a great app. It's called Voxer, V-O-X-E-R. Super great. Um, and it's free. So that's one. Um, obviously the podcast app, because why not? Um, you need that. I also use the Lucky Bee, um, app. So Denise Duffield Thomas has this program called Lucky Bee, um, money bootcamp. And she's like a money mindset, um, coach and strategist. And she has a money tracker and I track every single penny that comes into my business, whether it's value, like somebody gave me something for free or, um, like money that my clients have paid me or affiliate money, anything, every single penny gets recorded in this. And it's so cool to be able to say, say like, this is my goal for this month. And then you exceed it, or hopefully you exceed it. Um, or I'm like X number of dollars short. What can I do to really rev this up or get that invoice to come in sooner? And it really holds me accountable and really excited about the work that I'm doing. Um, I'm not super money motivated, but it's just like really fun to be able to see that visually. Um, what else do I use? I use the Headspace app. Mm. This is pretty new to me, but I, uh, I used it a couple years ago while I was a social worker, I really needed that meditation space and I kind of fell off that bandwagon. I'm back on it. Headspace is awesome for meditation um, people or people who don't even like meditation. This is a great one to start with because there's um, Andy's voice is like so soothing. And it is so soothing. <laughs> it's awesome. Do you use it too? Yes. My husband and I both, um, we got the privilege of actually going to their headquarters in Santa Monica <gasps> and got to listen to him speak. And uh. we've just been hooked ever <laughs> since. And he yeah. does. He has one of the most soothing British voices that you will ever hear. I, I know. know. Um, Well, those are some great ones. Thank you so much. Um, So before we wrap this up, I want to ask you a question. One more question that I ask everyone that comes on the show. And that is, what does influence mean to you? Influence is something you, it, it is a privilege and an honor to have and a responsibility to be able to create the space for other people to also be flourished in the same space. I think that it's a lot about people will mistake it as like, um, as a credibility builder. And obviously that does happen, but I think it's a responsibility to know what you're about, to be able to cultivate other leaders as well. And, um, to be able to honor the, the other influencers that take up space with you. That is a wonderful, wonderful answer. I love that. Um, okay. Before we wrap up, I would love to know where can people find you? Please share your websites and your socials so they can start stalking you like I do. <laughs> so you can find me at com slash join. Um, and you can find us in the Facebook community if you go to join. Um, and let's see, you can obviously find us on the Creative Empire podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and all those good places. And let's see, my favorite uh, platform besides email is uh, Instagram. So come find me at Raina and Company. Everywhere else we're Raina and Co., but somebody has stolen Raina and Co., so... 
we're at Raina and Company on Instagram. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, well, Raina, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on today. I just so loved our conversation. Thank you for being so open and so honest and bringing just wisdom and diversity and goodness to my podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to, have, to be on this show. And thank you so much for listening. And thanks for having me, Julie. Are you ready to create your own industry-leading influence? For show notes, downloads, and action-based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest, and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.